you. You can sit. Thank you. You're so kind. Um, we actually, I'm actually only just giving an introduction, and then Finn is going to get... We need tissues, right? We need tissues in this church. What is that, you guys? It's like a... Yeah, it's like you melt. It's like there's a mixture of honey and oil and fire, and then marshmallows. <laughs> it's like toasted marshmallow, and then, and then you're stuck there, and then you find you want it. It doesn't matter where you go. It's just sweet. It's on your hands. You lick your hands. It's running down. It's very messy. It's very messy, and we're very messed up. So thank you for that, because that's how a church ought to be. You know, why are we trying to hold it all together? What for? Why do we even wear makeup, ladies? What the heck is that? It's a waste of time and money. Should we just burn the makeup? Should we do a, a lip thing? Burn the makeup? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, there are a couple of things I just wanted to share well, um, one of them is just thank you for having us in your house. You're incredibly hospitable. We have loved our time with you, and have, it's just always sad to know there's only a few hours left. Um, we just also have some beautiful people that mean a lot to us, like Nisi from Poundtine Days, and so she came from Durban. So we love you, Nisi. And um, thank you for coming all the way and just for being here. That's so cool. And then Barry and his family. So Barry Nell, you all know him. <laughs> and, uh, and DJ and his family. And I don't know if Barry knows. I, mean, I don't know if Finn's going to say some things, but I wanted to honor you. Just, I mean, this is why I brought tissues. <laughs> and I felt I had to say that this morning because I don't normally cry. But I didn't really have a father. So I had to learn from others what it was like to see your father. And when we, they invited us into their home and um, would host us for dinners and teas and we'd just watch how they fathered their children and mothered their children. And um, I'm, we model a lot of what they did in their home. We do that at home, <laughs> you know. Um, Finn will, I will leave some stories for Finn to say because I know that's very special to him. But just to know that you were here this morning it was just was like a kiss from a dad. So thank you, Barry, because you, are, you're, you have invested in our lives. <clears throat> and I believe that Finn's fathering is a lot from when you gave because we, we've all had amazing experiences, but how many of you know that we need the body of Christ? And so this morning for me, I just wanted to share what this morning for me was, was um, the presence of the Father has been so real today. And I know that sometimes, you know, you feel like you're out of context because we I knew that the bride song was coming and I thought, why am I feeling like the Father is all over this? But that's because the Father loves us. And His love, He's actually, through the bride, through the revelation of Jesus and the bride, He's actually revealing the heart of the Father for the nations of the world, for the people of this world. And, and so this is not a fatherless generation. This is a nation and, and a move of God that where he's raising up, I mean, young fathers. I mean, if I look at you, Conrad, you're a young father, but you're not just a son. You are a father. And so I, I, I really felt like the heart of the father was being put inside of you for the church um, and that you are never going to, I felt like the Lord say, tell him that he's never to be afraid that he's going to grab at opportunities to take them, but that he'll take, he'll take the reins that I give him. And I was seeing the, the reins of, um, it looked like horse reins, and that's how I got wrecked on the side there before I heard the song of Mary. Um, and I, I could see that, you know, even what, the heart of Mary, I'm just trying to think of what she was doing, because I'm going to explain to you from an encounter. I hope this is okay. I'm all over the shop today. Oh, Jesus. You know, I can see Finn goes, get to the point, honey. Start at the top. Make it line upon line. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm like, you know when somebody's going in a swimming pool and you're all going around and you're in that whirlpool? And I'm like, I'm coming, honey. I'm getting around to it. I'm coming around to it. I'm getting it. I'm coming around to it. That's what I feel like. 
And I think for him, it must be so much nicer. Like people always say to him, well, Finny, when Finny got up, it was amazing. It felt so loved. It felt so sane. And it was just so lovely. And they go, wow, when you came, I felt like, Ooh. they weren't really sure what happened. They know that something happened. But like, and I'm like, I understand because I don't always really know what's going on, what he's doing. <coughs> but I'll come around to the Mary and I have a prophetic word for you because I have to release that. So, the Mary company and the rains. I think I need to tell the story first and then I'm going to get to the prophetic word. The rains, don't, don't lose those rains. Remember the rains, all right? They're the horse rains in the hand, all right? Anyway, when we were in Holland, we've been, we had two major encounters, Finney and myself, um, 24, 25 years ago. We were in Holland, and <clears throat> God gave us a vision of eastern suburbs of Sydney, um, open vision, clear as day. Um, we were commissioned. We brought it to a team of people that we trusted, and we said, do you think this is God? They said, this is God. Anyway, long, long story, very short, we're there. 22 years later, we have a church, which is really a lot of fun. And um, a lot of the things that God promised us have come to pass. And um, the second time we went was about eight years ago, ten years ago. You see, time flies. Ten years ago, second time that we were in Holland for ministry, we were invited by a very large church to minister alongside another couple. And we weren't really sure why we were invited, because to be honest, we felt out of place from get-go. You know how you just know, why are we here? You know, um, I was overwhelmed in the spirit a lot of the times, and it was a very conservative church, and it was difficult to contain myself. It was just awkward anyway. The one day I went back to, we went back to our hotel room, and I was, you know, you think, you think, okay, you're invited to a big gig, you're going to get a big honorarium and everything. I was frustrated. I'm like, I don't care about anything. I just want Jesus. I just want people to encounter Jesus. Like, that's what I want. And was, I, we went back to our hotel room, and I said to Finn, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this because I'm frustrated that in a structure like this, we're not going to be able to bring what we feel God wants to bring because, A, it's not like you have to stand up and you just say it and speak it, and, and then it's over, and then the songs come on, and it, it, nothing supports what you're trying to bring. So it's awkward. It's very difficult, and I don't know if it's our lack of skill or a mismatch, or whatever, but God had us there. He organized for us to be there so he could meet us. And while I'm expressing my frustration, I started to pray. It's a good idea to turn your tears into prayer. And I, I just, I began to buy over, and I said, you know, Finn, I, we just, where are the churches of encounter? Where are the churches where people are encountering you? Because I'm not saying they're bad churches. I just don't know how to do that. I don't know how to fit into that, and we look strange so I'm like, why, God, why? And I felt like Mary. I thought, it must have been so awkward for her. Why was she, you know? And, he, and then I just, as I was, I said, where, Lord, are the churches of encounter? Where are the Mary churches? That's what I started to say. Where are the Mary churches? And then I said, where is the Mary company? And then I was by the cross, and Jesus was hanging. And I was right up by his face, and he, he looked down. And Mary was standing there, and John was holding her up. It was like she was a bag of sorrow. Just completely, she, I don't even know if any sound was coming out of her, but it was like she was so weak and so faint that John had to hold her up. And he said, behold, um, he said to his mother, his mother, behold your son. And he said to John, John, behold your mother. And the mutual affection was so powerful that I looked at John and I thought, John, right now, is the church. And, and Mary is housing something. They're going to share the house. But you are the husband. And out of your side will come this flow, this outpouring of your love for the, for the body. You know, and I was, I was trying to understand theology because that's what visions are to me. He's explaining theology, basically. And um, I began to travail and wail because I was completely overcome with what I was seeing. And I, could, I understood this was more than just an encounter between his mom and his son. I thought, this, is, this speaks of the future because in every word of God, 
God has multiple words. He's multiple dimensional. When, as soon as you think this is a great revelation, guess what? You're going to see something else. There's so many multiple facets. And so um, I began to travail. And I travailed so loudly. <laughs> it's good English <laughs> for the English teachers. <laughs> that Finn had to close the, the room, the door, uh, the window, because um, he thought security is going to come up. Because I was, I was really, it was like a cry for help. <laughs> and three lights, it was like the Trinity were um, all lined up. That's what it felt like. I didn't know what else it was. Um, all lined up, and this light just bored into my body. I fell back and <clears throat> wailed. I thought I was going to die. I thought, this is it. He's impaling me with light. <laughs> I'm going to be impaled to the bed, and that's how I died. At least she died happy. <laughs> she died full of light. And so I said, Finn, I actually called Finn. I said, pray for me. Like, I'm actually frightened of what God is doing. I didn't know what he wanted from me. Because I just think, well, I'm just a woman. I'm just a woman from a home that was really broken. What do I have to give God? I've always said, God, why are you doing this to me? Why don't you just get him? Like, just, you know, sometimes in the church you feel like it's a man's world, but it's a bride's world. So he began to pray for me, and as he started praying, I'm like, that's Greek. He's praying in Greek. I'm like, why are you praying in Greek? I didn't even know you knew that. He goes, I don't know I'm praying in Greek. I said, it's fluent Greek. <coughs> now, my father is a linguist. He speaks many languages. He doesn't speak Greek, but I have studied a little bit of Greek. But the words, honestly, the phrasings, it was Greek. And as he's speaking so fast, I don't understand Greek, but I began to interpret. I said, this is an outpouring that God's doing all over the earth. There are going to be churches planted all over the world that look like this. And I began to describe it. And I was amazed. And as I'm prophesying, I'm mid-prophesying, all of a sudden, bam, I'm on the Isle of Patmos. And the face of John is right in front of me. And he was so sunburnt. It's like his skin was almost crackling. It was just old and sunburned and wizened. And his eyes were just piercing. He was just fiery eyes, you know. He just looked at me, and he was beaming, but not from his smile, just from his whole face. And he just, I thought of, what is he going to say to me, John? He's seen so many incredible things. He had like 50 encounters with angels. He saw the living creatures. He saw crazy stuff. What's he going to say to me? And he just said, love one another. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And he just said it again. Love one another. And that was it. I came out of that and I'm like, what just happened? And then I went into another vision. And the last vision was a the 12 apostles standing on the edge of this crevice and the crevice went into, it was, I couldn't see the bottom of it, but on the banner across the opening was the age to come. And they just turned and looked at me and they said, you are in the age to come. You're there. It's like, we're looking into that. And I realized that was the cloud, the cloud of witnesses that it, so I'm thinking this is an apostolic pointing. This is an age to come that we're in, that God is not only pouring out his spirit, but he is doing something powerful in the nations. And so what I was seeing is that there, were may, there was a large river running, and it was running not slowly, but it was very wide and very smooth. And, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, that's the mainstream. And he said, the mainstream will always be that. It will run smoothly. It will run. He says, and don't worry that you're not in the mainstream. He says, because out of the mainstream comes all these little rivulets. And I could see that one mainstream couldn't touch 
all the little villages and all the little tribal places that would never know the big names of big churches. And they were, this river was running so rapidly into crevices of nations and was touching all kinds of places. It just kept moving. It just spread. I thought of Eden, the Garden of Eden and the four headwaters and how God makes always, he makes waters move. And I saw the, these waters were moving, moving. He says, those are my houses of encounter. And you can't number them. In fact, I don't even know you can fully name them. You can't know all the names. It was just all running. And he said, at the end, he goes, all the rivers join. He says, where my name is preached, where my gospel is proclaimed, all these little rivers will join up at the end. I was relieved. <laughs> Not because I've ever worried about mainstream, but I thought, God, your plans are so beautiful. And I, you know, I, um, he said to me, he says, I, you, you've birthed a church, but now you're going to see the birthing of movement, movements all around the world. And um, we didn't know what that meant, but anyway, we've just planted a church in Cape Town. <laughs> and, um, and we're seeing churches all over. We're seeing connections of people groups all over the place. We're meeting up with people, Aboriginal people, from, that are just coming in saying they don't, they don't know where to go. They don't know where they belong. I don't know if Mary, when she, after she had the baby, I don't know how popular she was. I don't know if she was invited to the same parties in the same places. I don't know. I don't know what people spoke about her. But I felt the Lord say, you know, when you're so lost in him, it doesn't matter what people say. Because if you're housing the king, then he'll take up all the space. And that's... That's our heart. Um, and so out of that, the Mary Company. <laughs> the Mary Company is not an elite company. It's not a group of people that are special, extra special. It's just that th these waters are catching all those that belong to God so that they can be known and um, so that they can actually belong somewhere, you know, and a lot of them are very prophetic people. They, they don't know why they see things differently. They're not super special. There's nothing extra special about them. It's just that the, the gifting of the eyes in the body is so that the body wakes up. That's why the apostles and prophets move together and they move first. So that there are foundations established. So that everything else grows wonderfully. That's really all it is. Usually the prophetic... And apostolic people are the lowest bottom of the rung. They should be. They shouldn't be up there. They should be on the floor. People will walk over them. They'll speak things that people go, we don't understand what you're saying. And then 10 years later, everybody else is writing books about what they spoke about. And they're not always the wealthiest, but they've made millionaires. We, we've made two millionaires already, like dollars, Aussie dollars types. And they just, well, one of them is an Aussie. And, um, and he became a millionaire, and he, but he left the church. He didn't tithe. It was like, dang, you know? You just wish they'd tithe, you know? Gave him a prophetic word, and he, first he said, no, no, that's not God. And then God says, tell him that if, if he doesn't take that word, I'll give it to somebody else. And so I, I said, look, God wants to give this word to somebody. So you take it, or I'm giving it to somebody else. And he took it. And he's one of the top sound studios in Sydney and very wealthy man now. Anyway, go on in, Conrad. I feel like, I feel like you should stand up. <laughs> um, the heart of God, I believe, has come to your heart. You've always had it, but I believe that he has stretched your heart for something more and um, that you're never to worry as long as your face is on his face, that you will clutch at anything that's not yours. But I do feel like the Lord wants to give you more of a feeling of what it's like to, to have the reins, not just 
not just in one hand, but to know how to, to, know how to ride with the king and to have a king's heart. And, and I see that God is, is placing in you a very rich tapestry of revelation for the, for the body of Christ. And I feel it's not even just for this body, but if it's, <clears throat> it's for many types of churches. And you're going to get invitations to many different types of churches to speak the word about the bride and how he loves his bride. And, um, you know, some people may mock you and say, oh, well, that's just effeminate. But I believe that I see many men weeping and I see a, a, a movement coming out of intercession um, that is very powerful. It's an intercessory song and it's an intercessory sound that's going to make, what I see is it's making tears of forming a, a cobbled street of hearts. It's like hearts laid down and it will be a pavement, a way for people to come into the kingdom of heaven, into the kingdom of heaven. I see a, a, like a young people's revival in this place. I literally saw it. I saw that, in fact, I saw the hand of the Lord come on a, on a timer and he just, it's like he put a timer on that. And he just said, well, just stop there. Hold still just a moment because I am in the stopping of time. He's going to crack open another time because it won't all fit in otherwise. I'm not fully understanding what that means, but I feel like between the two, the four, and the seven is a whole lot of stuff that he wants to do. Between the two, the four, and the seven. So God, we just thank you that you're pouring out your spirit, not only on young people, on, right across the board, but that you're, you're galvanizing and that you're mobilizing a whole troop. And I believe that there are angels coming. The harvesters are here for a whole group that are going to be moved. God says there is a movement coming, a movement coming, and it's going to move really fast. It's going to move really fast. And he says, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being faithful, for not taking and grabbing what could just be yours. But you... Um, and because of that, we want to bless you and we want to honor you. And because of that, we want to release our blessing. And we want to release that as a father and a mother. We want to release a blessing to you. That God would, would um, create in you an apostolic heart. And so we thank you, Father. We thank you. And, and we know there's a wedding coming, and so we know that there is a lot more coming to this family, to this future family. There's a lot more coming. But, you know, you, got to, you can't overload. You can't overload the systems. But at the same time, it would be unfair to just walk by when someone has just seen something. And so because you can see, you're going to multiply this visual and this visionary because you are a visionary. You are a visionary. You're not, you know, you're not going crazy. <laughs> the things you see is because you're supposed to see them. You haven't crept into a room where there were secrets that you weren't allowed to see. You were invited into it. And so well done because you never blew the lid off anything. And God says the top secret is kept in the bottom rung, is kept in the bottom drawer, because of your humility, I will not just visit you once, I will visit you again and again, and you will have one visitation after the next, and I will birth out of you so many incredible things, even churches, even churches. <laughs> and Courtney, Courtney, um, I see you like a white horse. And, and you are a pure visual. It's like even just to look at you visually, you're, you're just beautiful to look at. You're pure. There's such beauty on you. And um, the Lord has so laced your tongue with um, revelation and with the sound of, um, or the sound of revelation. I believe that when you sing and when you release the glory of God um, in your vocal cords, that you release revelation to people. 
And I don't think that people are aware of really what's happening. And so welcome. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the most beautiful life that you could possibly live, Courtney. <laughs> and um, I spoke to you, I think yesterday or the day before, and I said, I want to release something to you because I believe you carry a similar mantle in many ways. You're totally different, but the similarity is what I see on your vocal cords and on the purity of your heart, I believe, for the church and for his people. Um, but I, I do see you singing in different places, um, not just church, but you're, you're going out. God says, I want to take this beautiful voice and I want to write on the streets. I want to write on the hearts of people. I, wanna, I want to make your sound, uh, I feel like it's going to haunt people. Now hear me in the right way, in the right fashion. It's going to haunt people. Because I see your, your voice hovering over places where people have gone home and they remember, they remember the sound. And they say, when can we go to be with the Lord? Because I remember his sound. And I believe your call is to, for people to come back to worship and to come back and gather and to come back. And uh, there will be places where people go into homes to worship and then there are places in the homes where they should come out of their homes. I believe you're going to mess with house, some house churches. They should be gathering rather in, in larger groups because house churches are not wrong. It's just what God's doing. Is God doing it, you know? I believe your voice goes there and it's going to haunt people to come and gather and be part of, of, of a, a wider expression of worship. And I see a worship movement in this nation that I see you gathering. And I see you... Um, in Cape Town, um, singing with the prophets, there's a prophet movement where um, they're going to hear your sound. They're going to say, come and sing your song with us. And um, I see one of your songs on an album that is by the prophets of the land. I don't know what that is. I, I've seen them, but I, I think that's what's going to happen. That's what I see. You're going to be invited onto that. And um, your heart is to gather and I believe God's going to increase. This is the part that I see that is similar to mine. Is you, you don't come across with a lot of confidence, but yet inside of you is the heart of a warrior. And God says, I'm going to take that heart and I'm going to draw it out. And people will see what you're made of because you're not just a sweet voice. You're actually a violent tool in the hand of God. When you sing, there is judgment on the enemies because God says those enemies were the same ones that came after me and they will not take my people. They will not, take, they will not come after the ones that I've paid for. And I just see such a strong, strong, strident walk in you. You're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. You're going to get more vulnerable, more vulnerable, more vulnerable. You're going to be like putty in the hands of God. He's going to be able to change your shape and change your sound wherever you go. Sometimes it'll be like you're in a jazz club and you're singing the love songs of heaven. And sometimes it's going to be like you're pulling the reins of that white horse and you're running into a bloody war. And you're running into mayhem. And you're running and you're running and you're running. And I believe that there is a company that are going to run with you. You're not to run alone. You're not a lonely warrior, but you're part of a company. And so I want to welcome you into the company of prophets. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you. You know, people have had a concept that prophets have to sound and look a certain way. Haven't always understood that thus says the Lord doesn't always have to be the prerequisite to what God is saying. And sometimes God says things and only the hungry hear it. Go after the hungry. Go after the hungry. Don't worry about the well-fed. Go after the hungry. Go after the hungry. Go after the hungry. Because I believe you'll create a language for, I believe, what's coming with some of these churches that I'm seeing. Is you're going to help restructure a language so that people can build with the right tools and the right material. So it won't always be prophetic. It'll be prophetic and it will be apostolic. And so I want to say ahead of time, well done, Courtney, because um, <laughs> you learn to navigate in the bridal world. You learn to navigate humbly. And, um, and have fun, have lots of fun, have lots of fun, have lots of fun, have lots of fun. I believe your trip to Mexico will be a refreshment. It's not gonna be like just a hard work for you. It's gonna be a refreshing time. It's gonna be fun, the fiesta of God's heart. You'll see the, f the festivity 
of God's heart over his people. You're coming away with all the colors of the festive land. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How good is that? Shabbat. Aren't you glad you came this morning? How many of you are moved by what's been taking place this morning? Then you're part of this movement. See, because it's unmoved people. People who are unmoved. You know, when Izzy's prophesying over Courtney, I get moved by that. I'm not receiving the word. It's got nothing to do with me. I'm moved because I can see God moving her. And it happened in Simon's house. Simon was a Pharisee and he was there. And a woman came in and she was needing forgiveness and needing healing. And she bought an expensive jar of perfume. I didn't even know that stuff's available. It just cost a whole year's wages. And she poured it out on Jesus' feet and she was weeping. And we all know the story. And she, she was wiping her, his feet with her hair. That's awkward right there. If you have a church service where someone's snot and trana and perfume and, and Simon was embarrassed when he should have been weeping as well. One more quick word. The two musicians. Very, no, no, no. No, no. I'm going to give it straight back. See, this is what we always like. No, time. Pause. Hold it. These two guys, stand up. It's a very quick word. Very, very quick. It's just to say in front of everybody what I already told you. Just lift up your hands to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I saw a spirit of intercession take over both of your bodies. And I felt the Lord say that out of the sound of this house will come a, 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 a it's like a call to prayer. But it was, sometimes it was weeping prayer. I believe like you're the, you, you keep weeping and the tears of God just come through you. And I believe the sound of heaven is woven through your heart. It's like you have this extraordinary sound to interpret what God is saying. You know, like Connor was saying the other day that, that drumming is the interpretation of, of sound, of breakthrough. It's the interpretation of breakthrough. And I believe that you interpret God's love and God's emotions um, through your playing. And I feel like that's going to, people are going to come from all over just to hear the sound in this house because they're going to go away with a heart to pray where it says, I wish that all men would lift their holy hands. I feel like men are touched when they see you and when they hear your sound, that there is a movement of prayer and worship coming out of your hearts that is so powerful. It's, it's, it, um, and God is highlighting not just the team leaders, but the, the members of the team, that they will be prophesying from instruments. You won't hear words, but you'll hear the translation of sound into, um, into words. Yeah, it's like sound language. So bless you guys for, your, um, for how you serve, for your heart of service, and for the beauty of how you just love him. We just want to honor you as a house, and we bless you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm the head of my home. She said I can say that. <laughs> I always have the final word. I say, yes, dear. <laughs> Just joking. We, this is actually part of our, our ministry is to see women arise in ministry. And it takes secure men to release women in ministry, especially in this country where there's been a great crushing of women and it's no longer the case of my wife she's flourishing and thriving as a woman and I've had to often step back to, to let that happen and it's it's this is a visual prophecy for all of you to work how to work and she she's not more important I'm not less important just someone has the words let them share someone asked Heidi Baker can a woman preach she said I don't know can she is the gift on them, because in, in Christ there's neither male nor female. It's, it's a wrong question. 
But shouldn't it, could a woman lead a church? I don't know, can she? <laughs> it's like, it's a wrong question. Oh, and Paul said, women shouldn't teach. Now, that was a woman. She was out of control. You get a few of those. It's so awkward. But it's not for all women, for all time. Mary taught Jesus. Come on. Priscilla was an apostle. Priscilla. It's a girl's name, by the way. <laughs> Don't call your son Priscilla. <laughs> so getting... <laughs> It's all Greek to me. <laughs> so a movement, being part of a movement, is being moved by God. And I believe the prophetic church, which is why I wanted Izzy to share that vision, because it was very profound. We haven't shared it very often, uh, because the context determines what you share and how much you share. Because we were giving birth to a movement, but it wasn't a movement with a name. You can't join our movement. Because God is joining churches and hearts. He joins hearts. In fact, if you joined this church, it's really because you joined a heart. You thought, I love the heart of this church. Not because you signed something or you did an orientation course and you passed it. <laughs> Can you fail an orientation course? It's actually a joining of hearts, and so it's, a, it's actually a recognition of a sound. It's a recognition of, of, a, of a direction. And so I felt that was important because the mainstream, God loves the mainstream churches. We, we can't take away from that. I'm in Sydney, and I have a close relationship with the Catholic church across the road. I love the priest. He's really out there. He's got a couple of earrings and a few tattoos, and uh, he, we honor each other. I meet with the Salvation Army. I'm in their, build, in their headquarters next month at a unity movement day where we honor each other. They've asked us to come and bring a prophetic team and prophesy over the leaders of the nation. Some of them don't believe in prophecy. <laughs> they don't teach it. They don't have it in their churches. They have super structured meetings. They have three songs. It's choreographed. It's, it's written down. They follow a, a sequence. A, 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 what's the word? A liturgy. That's predetermined. And it's, it's the mainstream. And, and God loves, you know, there's room in God's kingdom for that. It just, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I did it for 15 years as a, as a youngster growing up, and I was so relieved to escape. And so I'm, we're part of a movement that's fast-flowing streams, and we honor every church in the nation. We don't speak bad of the church. Well, because it's the bride of Christ. We don't criticize churches or movements and say, they this and they that, and they enter entertainment. We have no idea. When someone criticizes someone else, just say, hush, you have no idea. Jesus said we shouldn't judge. End of story. So I wanted to share that because it's part of the movement. You see, what, we know, what, what are we building? What kind of church are we building? Because it's important. Because every church has DNA, has identity, has, has unique has, um, uh, hallmarks. And we want to treasure those things. Jubilee is a unique church in Sydney. And we're known for certain things. What we're known for is worship. Worship is a priority for us. It's a value. It's a high value. And I want to say to you, I want you to, those of you who, who, for, who, for whom 27, 27, 38, 46, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, love, I, I, I love seeing God trying to get, what, what do I say? Holy! <laughs> you can get a bit drunk. It's, it's quite legal, and you're not sure what to say. So where was I? If 24-7 if is, is your home, you need to know what kind of church this is. What, because... It's not, a better, it's not a better church than somewhere else. It's not the greatest church, but it has hallmarks. And Izzy and I have had the privilege of ministering in about well over 120 churches all over the world, 24 countries. 
every shape and size and language and, and tribe. I want you to know that the worship that we enjoyed this morning and that we heard the team on Friday night is amongst the best worship I've been anywhere in the world. The caliber of musicianship, not just the musicianship, because you can get amazing musicians playing music. These, these people understand how to bring music for the Lord. And that's a whole different genre. It has elements of jazz, it has elements of funk, it has elements of, of, of hip-hop and whatever. But it, it brings people into the throne room. And, and, and so some churches linger, like to linger. And some people are uncomfortable with that. That's why I asked you if you were moved this morning. I was moved in the worship. And then I was moved in the prophecy. And I've been, I'm still moved. I'm like, can I still speak? And there's been in meetings where I can't speak. <laughs> And yet God still speaks, even when we're not speaking. So one of, the, one of the hallmarks of this church will be the move of God coming through the prophetic worship. And if you understand that, then you understand, okay, worship might be a little bit longer. Won't this be three songs? Jung, 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 jung. Start, finish. Won't be anyone using the microphone to say, come on, guys. Let's really worship. Or stopping in the middle to tell you some inane thing that you don't want to hear when you're trying to worship. Because worship is a flow. Worship is intimacy. Worship is making love. There's a flow to it. It's, it's, it's the most intimate thing in the world. <laughs> and I don't have much time. I've got about eight minutes left. It's your fault because we're having such fun. If you have to go at any point... Feel free, except you. You've got to stay. It's your church. <laughs> what the church needs is happy pastors. And look at him. Once, once. I was in a, in a meeting and, and, the, and, I, and I was reading a psalm where it says, blessed are the upright. And the Lord said, yes, not the uptight. <laughs> and he was talking to me. Because leaders can get uptight. Stop this, stop that. More of this. We need happy pastors. Pastors of encounter. Leaders of encounter. And I, I, I loved what Barry, what, Barry what, what Izzy said about you. That's very true. And we've often thought, Sometimes our leaders just come and put the tissue box next to the pulpit. I'm like, because we do need fathers. The, the, the land needs fathers. And Barry and, and Peter Ann, they, they showed us what marriage looks like and how, it's, how she, would, she would say, she would teach us as young people. Just when your husband comes home, make some space so he can unwind. Have a glass of sherry waiting for him and just... I'm like, wow, does this even happen? I watched, I watched DJ once kiss Barry on the lips. Around the dinner table, he came and said, hello, Dad. He kissed him. I was shocked. Not because that was weird, because I'd never seen it before. I don't even, I don't know if I hugged my dad. Hugging my dad was like hugging a cupboard. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? I'm trying to hug you. Hug me back. Take your arms. <laughs> it wasn't in his language. He didn't grow up with affection. My dad, he, he loved me. I know he loved me. He just didn't hug me. He never kissed me. That would have been completely outrageous. I would have, I would have been slain in the spirit right there. Ha, ha, ha.
very awkward way of sitting. I finally got him where I want him. <laughs> yeah, <just> a <laughs> ah. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've done that many times. Is will be preaching and Holy Spirit falls on me and I just slide off my chair. It's very difficult to, to regain the meeting. So clearly, if you're still here... <laughs> You're comfortable with the, the, the awkwardness of when God shows up. And so people come to Jubilee, they experience God, they, they drive many miles. We have people that come drive an hour and a half every Sunday to come to church one way. We had one family for, for a whole year, they drove three hours. They drove from another city every Sunday because God wanted to heal their marriage. And they knew that in the presence of God, there'd be healing. We knew it couldn't be sustained, but every Sunday we draw people from all over, all over, because God's building a family around a culture, and when you understand the culture and you get it, then you're going to build with them. And so I'm just encouraging you, we're, we've come, Izzy and I, as apostles and prophets, to lay foundations. That's what Paul said. Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. He's the, 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 the cornerstone which we, who we honor and we love and we treasure, and we, we're building, we're focusing everyone on Jesus. Jesus is our focus. He's the author. He's the perfecter of our faith. He's, he's the plumb line. <laughs> what kind of a pastor is that? <laughs> oh, Jesus, how good is God? So we come alongside you as we have this weekend to, to help you see the, the Father's love for the bride. We just wanted to hold your faces up. And we've had, I, I wanted to have testimonies this morning. We ran out of time. But so many, those of you who were in the conference, person after person got up to say how, how Jesus had touched them. Jesus had opened up their heart. Jesus had healed them. Jesus had helped them in some way. Most of them with tears. They stood here thanking the Lord. So all we've done is opened up another vision, another vista, another perspective, another dimension, a reminder. Nothing we said was new. <laughs> it's like, I've never heard that before. No, you've heard all this before. But we forget because we're busy. We're under pressure, we're facing obstacles, we're facing an election, we're facing corruption, we're facing crime and violence on every side. And we need to come to church to receive the Father's commendation for Him to lift up. He's the lifter of our heads. Come on. So that when we leave here, we're like, wow, God's in love with me. Wow, I'm in love with Him. And this collision of the song of the Lamb and the song of the bride. <laughs> That's what happened this weekend. And apostles have come to do that, to help you to fall in love with Jesus again, to help you to fall in love with yourself again. Some of you don't like yourselves. And that's very awkward because you, you can't love your neighbor if you don't like yourself. <laughs> you can love one another. But you first got to love yourself. If you don't like yourself, you look in the mirror and you don't like yourself, you're going to be grumpy with the person next to you as you leave the door. The person who cuts you off, the person who steals your parking space, the person who wants more money from you, you're going to be annoyed. But if you love yourself, you're like, yeah, sure, here's five bucks. Here's a, yeah, take my parking space. There's plenty of parking spaces. Cut me off. Just cut me off. I don't mind. You're not going to ruin my day. Love you too. <laughs> See, when you're in love, 
it doesn't, it, it, no one can take it away from you. No one can take that love away. So I, I think this, this, this weekend was a love fest. It was a love fest. And the fact that you're even able to receive the amazing encounter that Cardinal was sharing this morning. Jesus came to him in his sleep, sat down in his room and sang a song to him. And he heard it, and he sang with Jesus. Now, we've had, had years of that, where Izzy and many of our team, our prophets, have extraordinary encounters, travel into nations. God visits us, and angels have come many times, angel of breakthrough, angel of finance. We've had extraordinary financial outpourings when the, the angel Sterling came to our church. It's a long story. I haven't got time. But the angels bring breakthrough. Breakthrough is an angel. Michael is an angel. He came to teach Izzy on warfare. He appeared in her room in, in a TV screen and said, lift up your sword. He was quite, a, quite gruff. <laughs> lift up your sword. And so she did. He taught us things. Angels teach. They minister. They ministering spirits sent from God. There's lots of demonic stuff on the earth. We know all about demons and oppression and violence because everything that goes wrong that that's that is that is comes that to steal is from darkness jesus said i've come to give you life and life more abundantly and i've got good news for you all two-thirds of heaven never fell with satan two-thirds one-third fell and they are the ones causing mayhem and darkness and witchcraft and tearing people apart but the angels the two-thirds that are still left we need to get to know them because they're coming to bring finance and wealth and health and prosperity and joy and hope and deliverance to our nation. Come on. That's what they're coming to do. So just familiarize, familiarize, familiarize yourself with that. So I had a sermon in there. It'll remain in there. But 24-7, what a beautiful name. And it's from, the th it's from, I don't know where you got that from, but it, to me, it's, it's David's tabernacle. It says that night and day, they worshiped the Lord. Night and day, they gave themselves to worship. You see, because when you fix your eyes on Jesus, the one you fix your eyes on is the one you become like. So if you fix your eyes on problems, you'll become a, a, a depressed, anxious person. If you fix your eyes on Jesus, you'll become someone filled with hope and prophetic destiny. And worship takes us into that place of gazing on the King. We can't do it enough. And so I believe that this is what God has for you, is that more of that. Not new, it's just true. And we use every gift. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. So we're in a building phase. I know that you'll be in this building for several more months, and then there's land and there's potential. Well, the dream of God for 24-7 is that we build it together. We need every gift, gifts of mercy, gifts of administration, not just the prophetic gifts. The gifts of, pro of prophecy are not more important than the other gifts because it takes the whole body to, make it, to create a family. So you might think that your gift is less visible because the prophetic gifts are more visible. They're more vocal. But how many know that the parts of your body that you can't see, like your liver, <laughs> is, is very important? Stops functioning, you're gone. Come on. And so we must honor the whole body of Christ. And so I want to, as an, as an apostle and as a father, I want to encourage you to build into the future. Because Jesus is building and we have to build. It takes time. It takes talent. It takes money to build the kingdom of heaven. Don't shy away from that. Don't give more than you can. I like to start with a tenth. Because that's the, the, the first mention in Genesis of money and tithing is not under the law. It's 430 years before the law. Abraham goes to battle. He wins a great battle. There's the spoils of war. And it says, uh, Melchizedek brings bread and wine. And he comes and they, they share bread and wine. Because this 
sound like something in the New Testament? And then it says, randomly, Abraham takes a tenth of the, everything he had, and he gives it to Melchizedek. Now, seven times in the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Who's Melchizedek? We don't know. <laughs> it says he has no, ge no genealogy. He has no beginning and no end. He's an eternal priest who appears in the book of Genesis to bless. He, it says he blessed Abraham, and Abraham tithed out of the blessing he received. See, when you get blessed, it's not a difficult thing. It's not a legalistic thing to give. No, it's an overflow. Under the New Testament, I don't give because I have to. I give because I'm in love with Jesus. And the way I express that is through giving to the body, my overflow. Give 10% of what you have. Some people can afford to give on their gross income, but I believe that the 10th was on your net, what you actually receive. Not getting controversial here. If you have a difference, just give the upper value. <laughs> Some people tell me, I don't believe it, you know, tithing's under the, you know, tithing's under the law. I said, are you asking me the question because you want to give more or less? What's the question? Because actually it's between you and God anyway. No one knows. It's something you do in private. It's something that it's, it's just given because it's the overflow. But it's an important component of building. My, one of my favorite programs, and I'm sure many of you have, have uh, building, you know, you know te television shows which describe renovations and taking a, a rundown house and complete How many enjoy that, those kind of programs? Well, we have one in Australia. It's called Grand Designs. That's my favorite because it's, it's someone has a dream, often a couple. They have a dream. We want to build this amazing house. We're going to put these beams. We're going to put this, these amazing windows. We're going to take this view, and we're going to make it enhanced. We're going to bring the outside inside, and we're going to do all these amazing things. And, and, and this program over that hour follows the journey and all the things that come against them, the weather's against them, and the cost blow, blows out, always costs more than what you think it'll cost. And then they have the neighbors complain because it's going to spoil their view. And then the council won't pass the plans because this is going to have to comply with this. And, and you, you watch this journey of, of, of building something that's substantial. Well, you see, building the body of Christ is the most beautiful building of all. And Peter says that you are being built like living stones. Every one of you is a living stone being built into this building called the body of Christ. And it's a beautiful building. It's a building with a view. It's a building with magnificence. It's a building with, with so many nuances and nooks and crannies. And every, every testimony of, of the work of Christ is a, a new view that, that we have of, the, of, of that building. That's why I love people to share their story of what God's done, because that's what God did, man. Isn't the building being built up? And that's why I love prophecy, because prophecy, it says, is to build. Edify, the word edify is to build. Prophecy builds you up. These guys have just been built up. All of you that have been prophesied over this morning have been built up. All of us were built up by a song that Jesus sang in, in the middle of the night. He sang over us. I don't know if I've, ever, if I've ever had a song like that written in the first person where we were singing the words of Jesus over each other. That's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> what is it? It's building us up. So I want to encourage you just to get in. Give your gift. Give your time. Give your money. Give your love. Be kind. Volunteer. Do the things that build up the body. Just think, I want to contribute to this. I'm not insignificant. My gifts are significant. I know many of you are from the Botswana church. Do the same thing there. Come on. Do the same thing there. Just do it there. Build up that body. And God's going to increase this flock little by little. And just be, be, be part of that. Say, oh, thank you, Lord. Every time someone gets saved, every time someone gets added, celebrate. Invite them out for dinner. Just build up the body. All those components, meals, shared time. Someone has a baby, you bring them meals. 
someone gets married, you, you bring them gifts. It's all part of that beautiful experience of the body of Christ. And these are the foundations that we've come to lay in your midst. The presence of God and building His church the way He wants it built. The strength of this church, the strength of the building, is the strength of the connections that we have with each other. Because we're living stones. And, and building with someone, building a relationship, it takes time. Building trust takes time. So give yourself time. <laughs> you don't become best friends overnight. It takes time. A few meals, a few shared journeys, a few tears, maybe a confrontation. It's part of family life. Because no perfect church. We're all imperfect human beings trying to relate to each other. If you think it's perfect, don't join it because you'll spoil it. Amen? No, families has, has, have disagreements. Family have some conflict. It's how you resolve it that makes a difference. Amen? Why don't you bow your heads? I've said enough. Father, thank you for 24-7. Thank you for the amazing presence of God among us today. Thank you for every word, every song. Thank you for this whole weekend, Lord. I believe that you have really poured out love in this place. And not just over 24-7, over the other churches in the community that came as well. I can't remember their names, but several churches were in here. And I thank you, Father, even as they meet this morning, there'll be an overflow of the love that was poured out here at 24-7. And I thank you this is a generous church that they do want to give to the body and bless the church. And, and as they've given, they will receive because you can't outgive God. And I thank you, Father, there's a through flow, stuff coming in, glory coming in, and glory going out. A, a, a free flow of your love. And so, Father, I bless everyone under the sound of my voice. And I say, Lord, let them be blessed, their families, their businesses, their children, their grandchildren. Bless every family in this church, Lord. Let it go from strength to strength and glory to glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for having us. You're an amazing church. Could I just pray over the Botswana people? We, we would love to bless you. Is that all right? Would you just, is that good? All the people from Botswana, we'd love to bless you and just love on you. And you guys as a house can just extend your hands to them as we, as we pray over them. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Come, come, come. <laughs> wow, thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I, I see you like a sponge, and you've absorbed so much, and I feel like I can see the hand of God. You're in the hand of God, and He's going to squeeze you, and every time His hand releases, you get filled again, and every time He squeezes, you get, you get squeezed out, and every time He extends His hand, um, you're going to fill again. I feel like you're going to have an, you're going to be amazed at the extraordinary effect that you're going to have. I believe you've been so effective, but you're going to be amazed at um, just, you know, people are just going to come to you and just squeeze you for time or for something, and they're going to, um, yeah, they're going to receive from, I see you're going to counsel people. There's a counseling heart of God that, um, people, ooh, it's like you're a divine counselor. I feel yes. like the wisdom of heaven is on you, and God is going to allow you to, uh, you're, you're going to connect people from across, um, across, you're a connector person. It's like, um, stay yeah, stay here. You're going to connect people, and, and um, it's going to affect financing too for different departments. I feel like you're a connecting, you're a connecting person. <laughs> connections, divine connections. Stay down. We bless you. We bless you. So Finn, just come. Just come and bless. Just extend your hands. We just want to release a blessing. Father, we thank you for this house and for this group of people, for faithful carers and lovers. We thank you, God, that you're causing your arrows to be um, launched from quivers, Lord. You've been, you've been storing all kinds of blessings for them, Lord. And we thank you that as, you, as they get squeezed in your hand, Lord, that you cause your spirit to pour out onto other people, Lord, extraordinary ways, Lord. Children, 
Many children, Lord. Many young people. We just see outpouring on young people. So many young people. Shakara manandi. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord. Even more, Lord. Even more, God. Even more, God. That as you release the songs of heaven, does she sing it? It's Karamashanda. Ooh, that's why I'm saying lots of children. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. The children's songs are shutting the mouths of lions. Shababa. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you for wisdom, a spirit of wisdom. I see wise counselors. Yeah, that you're able to carry the heart of God for people and give wise counsel. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You've said, Lord, take me to the leaders of the land. Take me to the leaders of the land. I believe that there is a network of intercessors, not only for Botswana, but for the other nations. I see an infrastructure that he wants to build to connect you with intercessors from all over the nations. And there will, be, there will be like a gathering of intercession for other nations because other nations are crying out at your borders. I see there like, there's fire around the borders of this nation. There is fire. But God says, even in the natural, you will speak to fires and they will stop. You will speak to storms and they will turn around. You'll speak. You'll speak. I see the authority over weather patterns, over weather patterns in Jesus' name. And God says, it's going to be written about in the newspapers. You'll see it in the newspapers. They'll talk about the extraordinary things. How much, how much fun is this? Isn't that fun? Isn't this what church should be like? Well, welcome.